the first thing I want to say to you is that we are in a season in which God wants to surprise us in the ways that he saves us. I mean, you couldn't have surprised Jacob any more than by having someone who felt like Esau, seemed like Esau, did exactly what Jacob was afraid Esau was going to do, completely caught Jacob off guard. And I want to say to you this morning that what you need to be doing is honing an ability and a skill to to find God in the things that catch you off guard. To find God in the things that catch you off guard. To let God surprise you in the way he wants to save you. See, we we know that Jesus is a savior. We know that Jesus is a deliverer. That's not what trips us up. What trips us up is when we create boxes for the ways that Jesus is going to save me. And if you want to experience the fullness of everything that God has for you, you need to give God permission. You need to give yourself permission to be surprised by the way that God wants to save you. What is surprising about that is that God shows up and what happens is the thing that Jacob feared the most happens to him. I want you to let that sink in. The thing that he feared the most. What was he fearing the most at that moment? He was fearing my brother Esau is going to find me. He's going to get me. He's going to. So here's here's what happens in his life. His brother Esau finds him. The thing he feared the most. And in the middle of the thing that he feared happening to him, he finds God saving him in surprising ways. Good, it's good. We're going to sit in it. Are you ready? Are you ready? You, the thing you fear the most, I'm so terrified that I might lose this job. I'm so terrified that these friends might walk out on me. I'm so terrified. Then the thing you fear the most happens. You lose the job. And God surprises you by showing up in the middle of the job loss and saving you in a surprising way. How many saints that have been walking with God for a little while can raise your hand right now and say, I can remember a time when the worst thing ever I thought happened to me and at the end of the story, I realized it was good for me that I was afflicted. It was was actually good for me that the thing I was afraid of happened because God revealed himself to me. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So, so I don't know who needs to hear this, but there may be some things that you're afraid of and God wants to surprise you. Jacob's journey has so many lessons to teach us. I want to give you a few of them before I, before I get to what I really want to say. Um, Jacob, I want you to first just distinguish from the fact that Jacob was fearful of a wound that Esau would inflict on him. And because he was so fearful of a wound that a brother or a neighbor or a friend would inflict on him, it caused him to run away from the wound that God wanted to inflict on him. 
And if you don't get anything else I say, I want you to make sure you get this. There is a kind of wound that God will touch you with that is different than every other wound you've ever experienced. You don't need to project your fear of the wounds of people onto what God wants to do in your life. So I want to look at this because this wound caused several shifts to take place in Jacob's life. And since I have a stool, I'm going to sit down. This is great. Jacob, number one, went from treating God transactionally to relating to God transformationally. The shift that Jacob made in his life. And everybody, and here's what I want to set you free to do today. I want to set you free to say, I have treated God transactionally. Just, just, you know, you don't have to be religious about that. You don't have to fake it. You just need to own that and say, I have done that. And you know what? Jacob did it too. If you look in... uh, in Genesis 28, Jacob has this amazing encounter with God, and then Jacob starts going into like used car salesman mode. I mean, I, there's probably some used car salesmen here, so I, I don't want to hurt any of my friends' feeling. There's some really good people who do that, but it was like, let's make a deal. I should have just said that. Now I've hurt 14 people's feelings, but it's okay. It was like, let's make a deal. And Jacob says to God, he says to God, he says, if you will take care of me. I mean, just listen to this prayer. This is a prayer that Jacob prayed. If you will take care of me, and you'll make sure that my bank account looks good, my family's taken care of. This is young Jacob early in his life. He said, God, if you'll do these things, and he gives God a list. He says, if you'll do these things, I'll give you a tenth of everything that I make. This is, I mean, I didn't, I didn't, I don't want to take the time to. Just trust me, it's in there, I promise. As if God was going to go, oh God, that's a great deal. 10%. Are you serious? Where do I sign? Jacob is like making a deal with God. And what's interesting about it, you have to pay attention to the Old Testament. You have to pay attention to the stories. Because God shows up, gives Jacob this dream. Jacob wakes up from the dream, says, the Lord was in this place, I didn't know it. Then he prays, he prays the let's make a deal prayer. And all of a sudden, there's no response. So God just says, okay, you're still in deal-making mode. You know what happens next? Jacob goes to Laban's house. Because when God wants to get something out of you, he'll put you around people who have it worse than you do. So God says, oh, you're a deal maker. Let me send you to your uncle Laban. He's going to make a deal with you. So Jacob goes into, if you know the story, Jacob goes into deal making with uncle Laban. That doesn't work as well for Jacob. Seven years, 14 years later, now Jacob is running. The shift that we have to make is God wants to relate to me transformationally. He does not want to relate to me transactionally. And if I will invite God to transform me, every transactional desire I could ever dream of, God would love to meet that. You don't have to talk God into wanting to bless you. You don't have to talk God into wanting to protect you. You don't have to talk God into wanting to take care of you. God wants to do that, but what he wants to do more than that is what he tells Jacob. And so the second shift that God makes with Jacob in this encounter is that Jacob wanted to talk to God about his blessing but God wanted to talk to Jacob about his name. 
I'm going to help some of you with your prayer life right now. If you'll just get on the subject matter that God's on, it'll increase your prayer life tremendously. It'll, but most of the time, we spend time talking to God about what's on our heart and mind, and God only wants to talk about what's on his heart and mind. And so you get people who say, well, I, I try to pray, but, you know, I don't, God, just like God doesn't want to talk. Well, maybe if you talk to God about the things that are on his heart, he might get it. Can, are there any husbands in the room? Like, you know, if you want to talk to your wife about racing and football every day, you may not get a lot of enthusiastic conversation going. But if you find out what's on your wife's heart and talk to her about what she's passionate about, she may come alive a little bit. This is absolutely stone-cold free marriage counseling. I'm just handing it out right now, just throwing it all around the room. Should be getting some female amens right now. Yeah, that's right. That's what I'm feeling. I'm feeling the love. So God, Jacob is concerned about getting my blessing. He's singing that song we used to church, sing in church. I'm going to get my blessing right now. That's Jacob. I'm going to get my blessing. I can feel the presence of the Lord. The Lord was in this place and I knew it now and I'm going to get my blessing right now. I'm picking old songs. I'm having fun. The gate church. God wants to talk to Jacob about his name. God is much more interested in our identity than he is in some transaction that we might want to engage with him. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Number three, we've got to move quicker. Jacob went from asking God to bless him to asking God, who could God bless through me? Who could God bless through me? And number four, Jacob went from walking at his own pace. So Jacob walks and does life at his own pace to walking and doing life at God's pace. Now, you got you to slow down enough to catch this. You ready? So some people say, well, why, why did God give Jacob a limp? Like, why would God give Jacob a limp? Why would God want to give me a limp? Let me tell you why God would want to give you a limp. Because God wants to walk with you. And God walks slower than you do. God wants to walk with you. But he walks slower than you walk. You walk too fast for God. I walk too fast for my wife. She doesn't like it when I walk at my pace. Because it means she's about a half a mile behind me in four seconds. She has short legs. They're beautiful. <laughs> beautiful short legs. Have, have, you, have you ever thought, have you ever thought the possibility that God walks slower than you? And that God would love to walk with you so much that he would give you a limp? just to slow you down so that he could walk with you. Maybe the thing that you hate is the thing that God loves because the thing you hate is slowing you down, but God wants you slowed down because you're walking with everyone else and he can't catch up. There's an old poem by a guy named Pierre something French, I don't know, Thierry de Chardin or something like that. 
the, the first line of the poem says, trust the slow work of God. Trust the slow work. You know, see, see, God's so different than us that God doesn't need to be in a hurry. God is so creative and powerful that he never is behind and he never has to hurry up. And so God can work slow. In fact, God always works slow. So he gives Jacob a limp so that Jacob's encounter becomes a picture for us. And listen to this phrase in the passage that we read at the very end. He crossed over. Just look at your neighbor right now and say, I'm going to cross over. What does that mean? It means he crossed over. He crossed over into a new season. He crossed over into a new dimension of God's purpose. Watch this. As the sun rose, he crossed over into a new day. Can I just make an announcement today? It's time for the gate church to cross over into a new day. And I want to set the gate church free to say we're going to cross over into a new day and we might limp into the new day, but as long as we're walking with God, it doesn't matter what everybody else thinks about how we're walking. The most important thing is I'm walking with God. 